0: is Philosophy for the people, Stephen Bircher and Ben Burgess. Ben Burgess eating uh, donuts. And today, we're going to be talking about fundamental ontology. Um, I did find it very funny, Ben, in the article where mm-hmm. you, you highlighted various people being like, I can't believe you philosophers are saying electrons aren't real.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, because that was the natural assumption um, that, and I mean, I totally get it, right, because people saw that um, there was a philosopher and his friends were arguing with a physicist and her friends and the argument had something to do with whether electrons are real. So like, I think it's a very natural assumption that that must have been uh, what the sides were, but no, uh, just the opposite. So um, yeah. So I am just. Uh,
0: um, and to, to clarify something from the beginning that you, you don't mention the article. Yeah. Um, I think is for anyone that's going like, what? Why is there even a question about electrons being real or atoms being real? Can't we yeah. not look at them in microscopes?
1: Oh, we cannot.
0: Um, the the distinction here is between optical microscopes, which allow you to see really small things with an actual kind of visual magnifier. Um, though when I was reading to like really really fine ones, I was like, I don't think any they, like I think at a far end these aren't direct observations either. But anyway.
1: Yeah, which, which is, which is uh, Von Frost's position, by the way. But yeah, that, that's pretty extreme. Most, um, most people who are skeptics about unobservable entities consider like molecules and stuff to be observable. You know, no problem. Um, but, but to see
0: atoms and stuff, we have to use electron microscopes, which yeah. basically fire, which is funny because the electrons are the, the, the matter of the day. Um, yeah. So in some sense, they have to be real. Um, because we fire them out of electron microscopes to see other atoms, but we fire electrons out of electron microscopes and they hit stuff, and then we kind of use a computer based on where they did hit and didn't hit stuff to kind of get an image of of things like atoms.
1: yeah, um I now I do remember once as a graduate student arguing that we would consider that to be a form of direct observation if uh if like, biologically, we just, you know, had uh, electron microscopes, you know, built into our eye sockets. Right, yeah, if, 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 yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> if we had, uh, to like, you know, this kind of, uh, this idea of, 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 like, eye beams, if we actually had eye beams if, to, to see yeah, the, yeah, see yeah, the yeah, eye exactly. being a passive receiver.
1: Yeah, I mean, surely, uh, I mean, there is an interesting question here about what counts as observation and what counts as, like, inference from observation that's uh kind of becomes murkier the more you think about it um like i i feel i mean look i know I, I can't know what it'd be like to be a bat uh you know but um but i also feel fairly confident that um that bats with you know sort of full-fledged sentience and language and all that uh would consider what they did with sonar to uh to be observation uh yeah. So I don't know. Uh, But the, you know, but the the standard terms of the debate uh, are that uh, there are um, that there are unobservable that like stuff like protons and electrons are um, are unobservable entities that are like postulated. By a physical theory. Um, And I just kind of, you know, take that as read. And yeah. uh, in, in this essay, I mean, as we've been talking about for the last couple of minutes, I think you could actually totally question that. Right. But like that's the that's that seems to be the premise everybody else is working with. And, you know, and I, I, I I'm not fighting with it here.
0: Yeah. When I was reading stuff today, I was like, hmm, as it turns out, as it often is, things are more complicated than you might have expected.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> which well, is a bit
0: sad, because if you think one thing is going to be really simple, it should be fundamental particles, which are actually very boring and straightforward yeah uh. <laughs> every, every electron is literally identically identical to every other electron apart from its location, space and time, they have no scars,
1: which is also strange because famously uh, saying that an electron has a particular location anyway, whatever it's it's all uh, you know this is all stuff that you know, you're gonna get a headache very quickly. Uh, if uh, you know you try to think about which is in fact part of how some people end up being the yeah. there's
0: there's what people call a theory but it's if it ever was a theory it's definitely disproved now but there was an idea at some point that there actually is just one electron
1: right right right
0: <laughs> going really really fast
1: yeah no that's fine doing like
0: weird that. time stuff or whatever
1: yeah let's say I remember taking uh, well I wasn't taking it I was like a um you know, I was just working there, but I was sitting in on uh, David Albert's class on the philosophy of quantum physics at Rutgers uh, several years ago. I remember him having a line. I remember. It seems like he was probably quoting somebody, but you know, it was endorsing it about how uh, look, as long as you know you do this and that, you know, you you've like you've predicted all the things you need to predict for, you know, basic thermodynamics to work. Sure. You know, universe can be upside down, sideways, you know, that's uh, time can be backwards, you know, go nuts. Um, but, but yeah. Uh, so, um, sorry, just me, uh, have yeah, I, mean, I, I think my, uh, my delightful, uh, this is the, uh, I was telling you earlier, this is, uh, one of the, um, I have absolutely no idea why this is, but Los Angeles seems to have more like independent donut shops than anywhere in the country, which has been true forever. I mean, you re watch like movies from like the 1940s, uh, you see it there, although now half of them are like donuts and Chinese food. Um, but
0: yeah, the, uh, the idea of a, a donut shop is not something that exists here.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay, let's start with what a donut is. Uh, but,
0: uh, Actually, you know, I, because I, I'm gluten free. Um, don't it's like a bagel,
1: but, but sweet and solid.
0: <laughs> it's not very interesting fact, but I, I'm gluten free. But I actually I got to eat donuts about a month ago for the first time in a very long time because I found some some gluten free ones that they sell at ASDA. Um, so I was very I very happily ate some donuts recently, but it, it was it uh, been a long time since. There you go. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think the thing with the kind of debate that kind yeah. of centers around this piece. Is uh, I think I think we'll have a very interesting debate, me and you. But I think the debate in question highlighted in the t- article is not that interesting because it it seems that Hosfenda committed to something that she doesn't really believe or kind of half believes in some cases, but not believes in others. Yeah. And then kind of like slowly back down over the course of, course of a Twitter argument.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think it I think that like her positive views are the least interesting part of the debate. Um, but, but I, I do think there are a bunch of larger issues that are, that are interesting. And also just all this is just very funny to me, honestly. So, uh, so yeah, back it up a little bit. Uh, I, I had never heard of this woman, right? I, I heard of Sabine Hossfender, uh, for the first time, like, um, in like October. Uh, Um, right. Yeah. Like, um, like she just wasn't whatever. She just isn't on my radar. I mean, the things, I mean, look, the things I watch on YouTube are like, uh, either, um, either like political content, right. Political content. I like, uh, political content that I hate, but I'm, you know, I have to like harvest to like clip it for my show. Uh, or like um, you know, some dude who's you know who's doing like a breakdown of like which the best Halloween sequel was, right? Like that. Those right. are those are the things that I watch. I, I, I don't know. watch
0: any political content at all on YouTube.
1: Yeah, good man. Uh, <laughs> but uh, as self-undermining as that is for me to say, uh, you're uh, you know you're probably you know you're probably happier. Uh, but. Uh, in it, yeah, I saw somebody, saw uh, jumped in the chat, it says cat videos, but, you know, I feel like I've got one perpetually going on here. I, I don't need YouTube for that. Live, live, live. Uh, exactly. Right. Uh, three dimensional, you know, it's just like literally racing around in, uh, and playing with the paper bag in the corner right now. Right. So, um, so yeah, so I don't, I don't watch this stuff, right. You typically, I, I have actually seen several of her videos at this point. But, uh, back in actually it might not have even been as long as October. I'm trying to think, uh, cause I had, yeah, no, it was like, it was like early November. Cause I, I had, um, been like, you know, people will sometimes send me like articles or videos they are like, Oh, Hey, you know, uh, and like that. That they know I'll hate, you know, just to like, you know, just be like, hey, this would be, this might be a fun thing for you to cover in the show or write about for Jack Ben. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I'm I'm all in favor of that. Right, makes makes my life easier. And somebody a while ago had sent me Sabine Haasfender's uh, um, uh, video uh in defense of capitalism, it's called like capitalism is good actually
0: oh, right. I, uh, I forgot I forgot that this actually came from the capitalism thing and not from like a free will
1: intervention, yeah, which I have seen now, but like literally, I watched that yesterday so uh in uh in early November, and yes, there will having sat through the whole thing, there's definitely gonna be an essay about that at some point, but uh in any case because uh, it's a uh, it's a doozy, but um. But, yeah, like uh, somebody a while ago had sent me her capitalism video and, um, and you know, whatever. I'm, I'm very bad uh, about reading messages. Uh, I'm always shamed by the fact that, like, 200-year-old, uh, you know, Noam Chomsky uh, is so good at, you know, answering all of his emails all the time and uh, – you know, despite having like spent the last 150 of those years, having a much bigger, busier schedule than I ever will. But uh, this, this message had been sitting there for a while on and, and then I, I, I was like, Oh, I should really look at that. And I watched the video. It's like, yep. All right. That, that does indeed seem like something uh, that'd be good to write about. I ended up writing about it for Jacobin um, and she, um, uh, and it's, you know, it's a really bad, it's a really bad video. Uh, we could talk about that at some point if you want, but in, uh, in the uh, yeah,
0: no,
1: in, I mean, I didn't, I
0: had lowest expectations for that as, as as possible. I've got no idea of the contents, but
1: yeah, I mean, it's like that video is like, uh, it's basically, it's on about the level of Jordan Peterson's defense of capitalism. And but, I mean, it's
0: strange because
1: uh, it it's it, like
0: I can't it, see the connection between her work because at least with the free will stuff.
1: She's right. just yeah, doing, yeah, there's like, a, I understand physics.
0: physics. that makes sense. And determinism is real, so free will is fake, which is just yeah. millions of people do that a year in, sure. in, in, in freshman philosophy classrooms. Yep. But there's just no connection between her work and defending and, and anything to do with kind of political economy.
1: Totally. Um, yeah, so I, I think the way that she got interested in it is because uh one of the things she does talk about on her channel is climate science mm. and so um so I, I think the connection is like climate activists saying that like the problem right. with capitalism, there's a like was, capitalism was is capitalism is actually big, good
0: there was a big history youtuber who would defend the red army a kind of like their performance in the second world war
1: yeah, so got, like, I couldn't defend stuff. anything about him, that would have to be it, but yeah, go on. <laughs> so he got a lot of communist followers, because
0: most historians will not give them a fair shake.
1: Sure. And
0: um, then it came out that he was like a massive, like, Randian. Sure. Who, who believed that the Nazis were socialists and whatever, and he's <laughs> to, like a, a massive fraction of his, of his base. I'm just imagining something. The hostender was like, well, I've got oh, too I many fucking it, man. commies yeah. in the comments, so yeah, I need to come yeah, yeah, yeah. out and put out a video.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh. So it's like I I think the actual intellectual content of her defensive capitalism, like I said, is kind of not that far off from like what somebody like Jordan Peterson might say, but it's definitely pitched differently, right? The sort of um you know, ideal viewer of that video is somebody who like listens to NPR and watches TED Talks. And that's right. like definitely the vibe that she's going for. It's sort of the wine track version. Uh, but, again, the, the content is, is honestly pretty Peterson-esque. So uh, I had um, so I'd written that article um, uh, it called uh, Capitalism Isn't Just Buying and Selling Things. It's a System of Domination, which gives you some idea of, uh, of what, you know, the sort of claims that are made in her video. Um, you know, she spends, like, the first, like, several minutes of it talking about how, you know, money is more efficient. You know, like using money as a medium of exchange is more efficient than uh, than bartering, and it's like, yes.
0: Thank you, based Sumerian
1: progressive. Yeah, exactly right. It's, it's, it's just like, okay, did they have capitalism in Sumeria, right? Because uh, otherwise, I'm not seeing the relevance here. But, um, but in any case, uh, so I'd written that article, and then, um, and then I did actually have a very brief uh, Twitter interaction with her about it. Uh, which um, uh, consisted in I guess somebody she must follow on Twitter because she saw the notification um, like tagging her about the article and her and her very openly only reading and reacting to the title uh, like it's a and, you know this is not a long I mean it's a Jacobin article right like they're never that long uh, that's yeah, like, I mean, you,
0: like, you have to make several them a week or whatever so they can't be too long <laughs>
1: Uh, not quite. But yeah, it's like a uh, a really good week might be a few. But yeah, it's a. Um, but yeah, it's like you know, generally speaking, it's like pretty hard to let Jacobin. You know, Jacobin won't let me get away with more than like two thousand words, maybe. Uh, kind of as the upper limit. You know, so it's not um, like they're generally shorter than these philosophy for the people essays. Uh, but uh, but yeah, she very openly didn't read it. She said, if the title is that silly, why do I have, you know why do I have to read the article? Um, which I think sort of says something about her level of curiosity about all of this. And then, um, but then since I was following her on Twitter because of that interaction, I started to see shortly afterwards, because actually when my article came out uh, looking back on it was uh, two days after the beginning of her weeks long exchange with uh, Philip Goff. Um, Goff, Joff. Anyway. Um, yeah, seem like goth, goth girls and goth barbarians. I, I, I'm just going to say goth. But uh, in any case, um, that so I, I started to catch wind of this, and then it just kind of kept going and going and going and going. Um, and until uh, finally, I mean, I'd already been planning on writing about it, but it was just a little bit too perfect yesterday. They both kind of, you know, uh, icily made up. Right. And, uh, and agreed to stop arguing about this. And so, you know, I just kind of thought, hence the framing device of this essay where, um, you know, it's sort of in the spirit of like, I don't know, there's like, uh, uh, anybody who ever watched the, um, uh, the TV show community, there was a, there was an episode about a, uh, massive pillow fight at the college that is, uh, that's like narrated in the style of a civil war documentary. Right, right. So, you know, it's sort of that that kind of you know the the well I, I remember like Chappelle did something similar once for like a uh, for like a, a gang war, you know that it was you know it was it was done that way so it's like sort of the same joke as the Community episode or the Chappelle skit, uh you know it's the great uh, the great electron Twitter war of 2023 because uh, they they really did spend weeks going on and on about this and you know lots of other people getting in on it and et cetera. Um, and, you know, and I, and I sort of, uh, said in there, uh, obviously there's something more than a little silly about writing an essay about a uh, Twitter argument, but, um, but one, obviously I do find this very, very amusing. And, uh, and, and two, uh, I, I actually think that it's sort of a, a nice platform to talk about a lot of interesting things. Cause, uh, cause as uh, frustrated as I find uh, Fender's interventions in all of this, uh, you know they're, you know, all of the subjects being talked about were interested and there were things I want to talk about. And I also kind of wanted to use it to explore this larger issue of the phenomenon of the celebrity scientist who is both aggressively uninterested in learning about the distinctions between philosophical positions and the arguments for them but is somehow simultaneously aggressively interested in expressing opinions about them.
0: Yeah. I swear I made notes about this essay and now I'm looking at my notepad now.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I guess just to uh, just got to get the ball rolling. Um, the sort of main thing it was about, Uh, It's not how it started, but, you know, exactly. But the main thing it was about uh, is this question of the existence of electrons. And we kind of previewed this earlier, that you would naturally expect that if a philosopher and a physicist are arguing about the existence of electrons, well, look, uh, famously, right, what did uh, Cicero say? You know, there's no position so absurd that it isn't defended by some philosopher. Um, You know, you would very naturally assume lots of philosophers have believed lots of wacky things. Right. So the kind of, uh, hardy scientific common sense of the physicist would be clashing with the, the, the nonsensical speculation of the philosopher. And that would be how this would be going. And in fact, for reasons we could get into Goff, who I don't, you know, dislike in any way, but like, you know, he does have some pretty eccentric positions. So like, it would not be, you know, wildly out of character if he had said something odd in uh, in this discussion, but he actually doesn't, uh, you know, he, like everything he's saying here, more or less is, is pretty, uh, is pretty reasonable. Um, and, you know, it's so that the heart of it is essentially that uh, Haas Fender is, is defending essentially, she doesn't put it this way and she's uh and she's very um and i don't know she's actually a little bit like there are points in the in the debate where she seems to be playing a little bit dumb about what uh what these terms even mean
0: is, did this start I, off about god was it she saying that god is an observable solution believe in him?
1: very close yeah that's uh so uh i mean yeah that that was essentially the the issue so so the 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 starting point of all this, right? So so I should say, like, where what it ends up being about is essentially, although she doesn't use the term, about Haasfender kind of half-heartedly defending some sort of instrumentalism or anti-realism about the philosophy of science, uh, such that we don't actually need to assert the real existence of electrons, uh, and, um, and Goff, you know, defending realism. About science and the, the unobservable entities postulated by scientific theories, uh, but yeah, where it starts out is roughly about God, like you said. So, um, so uh, Goff wrote this essay uh, for the conversation, which uh, which I, I read, you know, while I was preparing to write this. I also I also watched a bunch of Haas uh, Fender's videos, uh, which is why, by the way, I know that she actually does know what instrumentalism means. She does mention it in one of those videos, uh, if there's like even a screen cap, you know, you get where she says instrumentalism, right. You know, and she doesn't seem to agree with it then. So it's all very confusing, but in any case, um, in, um, but Goff's essay, I actually thought was pretty good. Like, even though he says things in it that I disagree with, but it's about fine tuning, uh, which, uh, I'd written about for philosophy for the people, um, back in like June. Right. Um, that uh philosophers and physicists in the the multiverse of madness episode and um and in particular it's about the same issue that i wrote about then which is the sort of idea that fine-tuning considerations give you a um a reason to to believe in the existence of a physical multiverse so roughly the idea is it's incredibly mind-bogglingly unlikely uh unlikely to an order of magnitude that you know that you uh that like uh, we could spend the next, the rest of it, you know, just trying to come up with metaphors to, you know, to express it all that, um, that the uh, universe would just happen to develop such that the physical constants were set exactly where they would need to be for life uh, to be possible, even in the extremely limited way it's possible in our universe. Uh, So
0: what if we just said there was a lot of them?
1: So what if we just said there were a lot of them? Exactly. Right. Like, well, maybe, Look, if, there, if there's life going on, um, if, sorry, if there's, if, like, all the possible universe you know, start out there, right, then, like, it's not that, um, you know, it's not that surprising, right? If, they, uh, if you have, uh, if you've just, you know, I don't know, if you're rolling a 100 trillion sided die, uh, and uh, then... Any particular outcome of that will happen, uh, if you really roll it, you know, uh, will you know, hundreds of trillions of times, right? That's the that's that's roughly the idea, uh, so and it, and after all, um, you know, we uh, you know, 100% of the universes in which anybody can ask this question are going to be among the ones uh, where life is possible, so really, maybe. Uh, fine-tuning isn't that mysterious and it doesn't give us a good reason to believe in God, right? This is, this is how, this is how. Uh, well,
0: I, I think we would take it that this is kind of like a bad solution to a non problem.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. So, so my position is that, um, is that it's a non problem. Uh, Goff's complementary position is that it's a bad solution. Um, he doesn't actually agree that it's a non problem, but, uh, but he just, he doesn't really argue for that in this essay. He just kind of states it in passing. Uh, he has a book that's uh, a new book that I have not read. That's to a large extent about this stuff. So I assume in there, he argues against the non-problem view, but um, you know, my view. Yeah. My view is that it's not really uh, that it's not really a, a problem. That's um, oh, there you go. Adding a cat video to the internet. Um, but, um, but my view is it's not is it's not really a problem because, um, you know, if you like this in that weird little religion bit at the very end end part of my debate with Charlie Kirk, this came up and, you know, and he, he said, hey, what about the fine What fine tuning? Doesn't this give you some reason to believe in God? Uh, and and the argument I made there is like, well, look, if you uh, randomly, you know, I think a deck of 52 cards has been randomly shuffled and I get the Ace of Spades, that doesn't give me a reason to think that it wasn't a random shuffle after all, because after and, all, And, a... and
0: all, all of the results you could possibly get are equally unsurprising as each other. Exactly. Like if you started start getting one of hearts, one of hearts doesn't exist, that would be very surprising. Yeah, so that would get, be surprising. If you got two of hearts, three of hearts, four of hearts, five of hearts, that's surprising, or, you know, various other things. But getting any particular card is completely
1: unsurprising. Yeah. Exactly. not cards it, are all. It's a single shuffle. Uh, you know, one card is picked. Whatever one it is, there's going to be a 1 in 52 chance of that one. And yes, it's true that there's a 1 in 52 chance on the hypothesis that it's a random shuffle and a 52 out of 52 chance if there was cheating to guarantee that you would get that card. But that in itself doesn't really give us a reason to think that there was cheating to make sure that you got that card. Uh, and in the... Uh, uh in um so um and and my point would be well look i don't see why it makes a difference in principle to the structure of the point whether the card has 52 deck has 52 cards or 52 billion cards or 52 trillion cards or 52 times some number that we just can't even conceive of because there are so many zeros after it and you know we'd have to do some mathematically complicated notation to, you know, to say what we have in mind. It seems to me that the structure of the point is the same regardless. I, I understand that a lot of smart people who seem to have thought about it a lot, disagree with me about that, but I've never quite been able to tell why. Uh, that's my position. Um, Goff, uh, Goff's position is, you know, he does actually take the problem seriously. He does, you know – he is sort of on the side of the theist in the sense of thinking it's a real problem, or the multiverse person for that matter. Uh, but he uh, he doesn't think that the multiverse is a good solution to it. Um, he he has this interesting argument that uh, the multiverse people so this I kind of refer to this in the essay, but I just you know didn't have space you know been uh, you know ever since like May right. I've been capping myself out at 3000 words strictly for these. So, you know, I, I had to, I had to cut the part where I was going to get into this, but, um, in, uh, but, uh, in his article, he, he makes the argument that, uh, that there's a sort of inverse gambler's fallacy, uh, being, um, that's, uh, being committed by people who think that the multi, that postulating multiverse helps with, uh, with fine tuning. um, and
0: yeah i mean i was gonna say if we go back to the card analogy if yeah. we start introducing all these other universes that's actually the only time where we could be surprised and then fine you can make sense
1: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah right uh yeah I, I mean so so the idea is uh that, you know so the classic ambush fallacy right is you think uh you think that um that like if something's happened a bunch of times, like if you'd, if you flip a coin and it's been, uh, you know, heads 10 times, then that makes, that makes tails more likely the 11th time. um, Or there's like hot hands, which is the same idea, except you think that heads are on a roll. So the 11th is probably going to be heads too. And, um, and, you know, the reason it's a probabilistic fallacy is that uh, the outcomes of past flips don't, uh, don't change. Uh, the probabilities for future clips. The uh, the probability is always the same every time, right? And he he thinks this is sort of variation on this going on with the multiverse solution, where you say, um, that well, um, it's you know that it's like you you know you're thinking that the you know the chance of um your chance of a particular unlikely outcome is somehow increased by the fact that, uh, that there are other places where the same process is going on, but, you know, he thinks it's sort of the same underlying mistake that it's like, no, no, no. But like each individual instance, the chances are what they are, right? Like it has, uh, it has nothing to, uh, you know, like there's nothing to, has nothing to do with anything, right? You know, whether, whether it's happening in other places or not, right? Which is an interesting argument. Uh, I kind of liked it. Um, and in um and his tweet where he tweets it out is he says he said, uh many physicists assume uh there's a multiverse, but maybe they got the the maths wrong or something like that. It was like a very like um you know it's like this sort of way that you'd kind of uh." tweeted out to sort of intriguingly kind of say what you're saying in the article. Um, And Haasfenfender, I don't know that she actually read the article. I sort of suspect she didn't, but uh, (laughs) I to say that she's chief title reader. Yes, exactly. She is. She is a champion reader of titles. Uh, And, um, and, and she got annoyed by it. uh, Not because she, disagrees somehow with the substance of the argument but because she thinks that it the whole um that she has sort of more fundamental objections to uh to a multiverse and and she says uh you don't you know you never need to assume anything that isn't observable in order to explain observable reality and she says in the follow-up tweet that uh that you know uh, she's not saying that there isn't a multiverse, just like she wouldn't say there isn't a God, but she, she's she thinks that, um, that, that, you know, sort of information from the observable world, you know, can't tell us one way or the other. We should, you know, we should be agnostic about gods. We should be agnostic about alternate universes. Right. That's her, that's her position. Um, and, you know, and, and Goff's position, you know, response, which I mean, whatever, he's like a, british philosopher it's pretty mild right you know but uh his um but his response is sort of gently drawing out why that's actually that might be something that a lot of people would nod along to you know but if you actually think about it for a moment that's a pretty extreme position and he says well hold on like can't assume any unobservable entities in order to explain uh observable reality what about electrons uh and they end up, um, they end up going back and forth uh, again, literally for weeks. Uh, you know, there are pauses in the uh, fighting, but uh, um, but you know, the ceasefires were always broken. Uh, to um, uh, they end up going back and forth about this uh, for weeks, uh, and you know, I think Haasfender essentially has. Uh, I think this is my reading of, of what she says about this stuff. Um, I think she actually has two positions. Um, She's, she's not. um, I don't, I don't think she's aware that she has two positions. Right. But I think that she's in a roughly similar uh, cognitive position to, you know, I don't know, like a lot of people who might be like students in intro philosophy class who, you know, are sort of saying a bunch of stuff in class discussion. And then you say, well, hold on, though. Oh, just a minute ago, you said this other thing. And then maybe if they're a particularly good student, they'll be like, oh, oh, right. And they'll see the issue. Right. Uh, that. Um, but. But I think that, you know, Hossfender, who who I should say, like. You know, I don't actually think. Like I, I don't actually doubt is a very smart person. I just think that she's, um, spectacularly arrogant about this stuff and sort of. Oh, no, that's
0: probably. I mean, one, lead, one, one very much can lead into the other, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. The
0: fact sure. that, it's, presumably, it's the fact that she's brilliant that has is, is, is de- like developed this aura around her.
1: Yes, right, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so um so yeah i I think uh i think that like because because she's so arrogant you know because she just assumes that like she can see all these issues even ones that are uh you know certainly related to physics but uh but you know not identical with with claims about physics per se right like that she um That that she sort of thinks, okay, look, I'm this brilliant person. I know all this stuff about physics. True, true, right. The uh, therefore, I must see this clearly. And anybody who's saying I'm missing things or being inconsistent or whatever must, you know, uh, you know, they must just be, you know, being ridiculous. They're
0: doing pointless things like philosophy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, so 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 I think yeah, in practice, I do think she she has uh, I do think she has two different positions on this. But the first one, the one she starts with um, in response to to Goff saying, well, well, hold up. What about electrons is to defend her, um, defend her view about gods and parallel universes by saying, uh, essentially, we should also be agnostic about electrons. Right. Uh, That that. Essentially, what again, like I said earlier, what she's defending is kind of instrumentalism about the philosophy of science that we have. Uh, that um, that uh, well, we shouldn't really care whether uh, you know a physical theory that references all kinds of unobservable entities is strictly true, only that it's useful. Um, and uh, and in fact, it's the the latter doesn't give us any particular reason to uh, to believe the former um and there's like a raging debate about this uh or i don't know how raging it is you know right this second you know i i, I can't speak to that one way or the other but you know certainly there has been right a uh, a raging debate about this um that um you know if you go back and like uh you know certainly decades ago when i was taking classes about this you know you'd read all these arguments that people made uh like um you know, one of the really intuitively obvious reasons to think that these two issues are connected, uh, and, you know, that the usefulness of physical theory and the, the actual truth of physical theory are connected is uh, that it, it would be one hell of a coincidence. Otherwise, um, like, you know, like like what's the you, know, you sort of need an explanation of the usefulness. And um, and so there's there's like what's called like the no miracles argument which is essentially it would be this absolute miracle of a coincidence if, if it just happened to be the well, case. I mean,
0: but, is, but isn't the idea that they're, you know, they're a good approximation of something, but being a good approximation of something doesn't make you real?
1: Yeah, well, that's the... Like
0: if, if I see up on a hill something which I think is a rabbit, uh-huh. but is actually a hare. for 99% of things, my postulate about it being a rabbit you know, get, gets me anywhere I want. Like in predicting its behavior, predicting, you know, roughly how it would taste, even you know, if I engage in certain actions. But still, in the fact that, that it's still in the end not a rabbit.
1: Uh, you know, I think I'm just learning something new today. Um, I, I kind of thought that that was just some weird old-fashioned British word for rabbit. What's uh, what's the difference?
0: <laughs> Hairs are like big and scary, and rabbits are little little <laughs> cute things. I don't know if they're part of the same genus. I mean, they're presumably part of the same genus eventually, but no, they're different. (laughs) Yeah, that would be a disastrous philosophical argument if actually (laughs) the the difference is semantic. But no, hares and rabbits are are concretely different things. But some things can be confused for each other at a far distance.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, maybe, right? um, so there is, yeah, so, um, so, so I, I mean, the more you kind of dig into this, there are some shades of gray between sort of straightforward uh, scientific realism and straightforward scientific anti-realism. Um, you know, I mean, because in some ways, I mean, we were talking about philosophy of religion earlier, right? So I'm, I'm thinking about, like, you know, the position that David Hume takes in the dialogues concerning natural religion, or at least his generally understood to be taken, uh, which is um whatever you want to call it, it's certainly not atheism, but like it sort of feels very close to it in a way, right? Which is um okay, something or other must have uh created the universe, but I don't know. Right? You know, that's uh like like in other words, he's sort of us vaguely assuming that some sort of force outside of, you know, the physical universe uh, is responsible for bringing it into being. He kind of grants the theist that much, but then kind of stops there. Right. Cause it's like, I, I, I just don't know where you people think you're getting all this information about it that, you know um, like even like a sort of enlightenment deist would claim to have uh, that, um, you know, we're talking about one being a being that's perfectly rational, et cetera, et cetera. So how on earth would you know that? Right. So, uh, that's <laughs> okay. That's useful. That's good.
0: Uh, <laughs> Very big. <laughs> all
1: right. That's great. Yeah. now well, new, new information about the world. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. because, because
0: you, you seemed in the article, you know, to quite strongly come down on the side of electrons. And quite yeah. strongly come down yeah. against no, no, no. any kind of instrumentalism. So I was quite curious about this.
1: Yeah. um, My instinct has always been to say, like, for God's sake, if physics postulates electrons, there are electrons. Uh, we don't need to have a philosophical argument about this. What are you people talking about? That's been my classical instinct. I'm actually, I was actually trying to suppress that in the you, essay. You,
0: you uncurious, uncurious scientist.
1: That's, but, but there are two, but there, there is a distinction I want to make here, right? So, in other words, like, look, yes, I do, I do. I do think there are electrons. I am, I am broadly sympathetic to the idea that, um, you should believe our best confirmed current physical theories until we get better ones. Um, if and when we get better ones. Uh, but, uh, so, so yes, I'm, I'm yes on electrons. That's, that's my, that's my view. But I, I do think that there are sort of a range of more and less plausible, uh, ways of, denying that right so um like using the rabbit hair uh analogy uh there is you know you it seems like you could um if you're if your position is we have basically no idea no way of like drawing any kind of conclusions about what's going on in the microphysical world because we can't you know We can theory, you know, because we can't, you know, independently verify our theories. We can't check to see if we got it right. Therefore, we should just kind of throw up our hands about the whole thing, right? If that's the sort of anti-realism that you have in mind, uh, I find that extremely implausible. If you, um, if on the other hand, you say, well, there must be something like electrons, right? And if we sort of you know, kind of say electrons because we need to get on with the business of science, but like, um, but like it is on a hill and like, I I can't see it great. It's possible that it's a hair, right? Like, uh, then, um, then I think that's, you know, I mean that maybe you could sell me on, like I have a, like, I'm like, I'm less, I'm less unsympathetic to that certainly than I am to that I am to just saying, um, you know, it's all a big mystery. Like, you know, we don't, because we don't for instance, really know, you
0: know le- electrons were meant to be fundamental particles, right? Yeah. But they're actually made of quarks.
1: Okay. I mean, you know, lots of other things were supposed to be fundamental particles. I mean, okay. It's also, uh, I, I do want to be really careful here. Right. Cause, uh, cause I, I want to, I don't want to be the inverse Sabine, uh, Haas fender and, and make confident pronouncements about physics. Uh, with without having done sufficient homework. Right. Sure. Uh, that's, uh, but, um, so the, the status of quarks, um, I, you know, I'm I'm not well positioned to sound off on, but they have a, but I'd say, um, whether it's the case, uh, that, you know, electrons really are phys, you know, fundamental particles or maybe not quite fundamental particles or, you know, how that works. I mean, even if uh even if that's definitely right then um and I'm not again I'm just not totally clear on the state of play in current physics on that but uh even if that's definitely right you know i mean look so atoms right we're 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 supposed to be fundamental particles we didn't say oh there aren't really any atoms because they aren't fundamental right you know they uh, there are subatomic particles we said um yeah, they're they're definitely atoms. It just turns out that they're not fundamental. So uh,
0: right, yeah, but this gets into kind of meriology and what is, you know, what why is a table a real object and so on. But I, I would sorry. Say, say,
1: sorry, say that last part again.
0: You know, if if, if, if an electron is a composite object, right? Then, we need, then the argument moves to stuff we've discussed before in meriology and kind of the, the the existence of of things of parts, as in you know, why is a table a real object? But okay. I would say, you know, how how far does this kind of, you know, well, the physicists physicists say it's real. Go okay, up. so for instance, I, I will I
1: will say just just for whatever it's worth, uh, I'm gonna I've just appallingly violated my own preferred practice for how to do these things because uh, it always makes me cringe when I watch people in YouTube videos superficially look things up and then you know pronounce on them ten seconds later uh, as if they now knew what they were talking about uh but
0: uh yeah yeah i mean chat is really far behind but electrons are not made of quarks yeah
1: yeah 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 exactly so so all of the i I just googled that and all the results the top line is uh is that you know uh it all says that protons and neutrons are made of quarks but electrons aren't uh they were you know scientists think they really are fundamental but uh but yeah Yeah. look I, i i mean i think that the um that um you know the the real question here to my mind is is sort of a basic uh epistemic one right which is well how do we go about forming our beliefs about this stuff right like uh, and and I think that um when it comes to you know beliefs about you know where my cat is right you know then then i I can just you know use an you know like Just anecdotal impressions do a pretty good job of that. Um, When it comes to, you know, beliefs about um, what's true of about the microphysical world, and then, you know, I, I, my strong bias is to think that we should think that, you know, whatever our best confirmed uh, current theories are, uh, are, you know, we should we should uh, we should at least tentatively accept them. Right. You know, pending, you know, I mean, it's fallible, of course, you know, you you could, you know, you could turn out that you're wrong. Right. Uh, But again, though, I I would say that like um, there's, you know, there's, there's a sort of radical agnosticism um, on, on one end of the spectrum about the microphysical world uh, that I find very implausible. Um, You know, there's a point in the article where I sort of make fun of the, you know, one of the, leading proponents of uh, a, maybe not quite that bad, but pretty agnostic position on this stuff. Uh, Bas von Frassen, uh, you know, this is ad hominem, but it's just funny. Uh, somehow uh, being an adult convert to Catholicism. So like, uh, you know, not quite enough evidence for electrons. Epistemic standards are too high for that. But, uh, uh, you know, transubstantiation, sure, that sounds fine. Uh, but uh, yeah, i feel
0: it, like i feel like if you're a catholic then there aren't any un- unobservable entities in the universe. Uh, that's, they're all they're all being simultaneously observed by god. Yeah,
1: but I mean, this is the this is the i mean he was an anglican but this is the uh, bishop barclay move uh that um the three dialogues that uh that everything is you know that um uh <laughs> everything is being observed because everything is constantly being observed by the infinite mind of God. That's why you don't need physical reality, underlying mental reality for there to be like object permanence and, or, you know, a real world that doesn't. Yeah. I mean, this God.
0: is just, this is just Berkeleyism. Yeah, yeah, um,
1: exactly. But, uh, ben,
0: do you, do you believe in, do you believe in centers of gravity? Uh, <laughs> centers of gravity being the mathematical expression of kind of uh, the confluence of gravity between different objects, which mm-hmm. are things which very much exist in the equations of physicists.
1: Uh
0: uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Um. I just. I guess I'm just not inclined to. Uh. To. Uh. To sound off on that. Uh. Like. On the you know on the spur of the moment right you know it's like like cause cause just cause just you know first uh you know first reaction is. Uh, it sounds like it might be the sort of thing that's like, okay, um, is, is referred to in the statement of a scientific theory, but is, is that, but, but might be sort of uninterestingly paraphrasable into other things. Right. So like sort of classic example of this is the, um, you know, I don't know, like the statisticians talking about the average American family having 1.5 children, Right. Uh, that, you know, that, like, it's not that, oh, okay, well, it's a true statement of social science, therefore we should believe in, you know, in in half children, uh you know, because that's, you know, we read our ontology off of the science. So, no, it, you know, even if you think we should read our ontology off the science, we should, you know, we should first see if, like, we can kind of do a pair of, you know, pair of, like, we should first make sure that's what we really mean when we assert The scientific sentence and that there isn't some paraphrase that can better capture what we mean and um and so you know like i don't know if centers of gravity are like that right or or if you know or if there's like a real um assertion of like a of like a distinctive physical phenomenon there but that's just because i don't know enough about science
0: well i bring it up to say that you know i Someone asked me if I was a merological nihilist, and the answer is is definitely not. Um, But that I would believe in centers of gravity for the same sort of reasons I believe in electrons, which is to say, and these things are very much related, um, on one hand that these things are useful for for physics and for science and for human endeavor and so on, and that they would also be observed in the equations of like a rational non-human actor, Who's observing the same sort of things, which, in the terms of Dennett, is is a real pattern.
1: Uh-huh. And
0: because nature, sorry, because physis, physics is meant to carve nature at the joints. This kind of thing, these two things are basically identical. That was useful for phys- physics is is basically identical to what is what what
1: uh, what would be yeah. observed
0: by a rational, uh, yeah yeah.
1: Um, I see silver, the of. silver harlow in chat says uh king solomon visits a lot of households to make that statistic true which uh <laughs> good, good enough it deserved to be read but uh yeah i think uh uh well first of all i'm glad to hear you're not a muriological nihilist uh <laughs> and we'd also i don't know if this actually carries any argumentative force but it is just kind of funny to note that I am a neurological near neurological nihilist would be, you know, a uh, incoherent statement, right? <laughs> that uh, like uh um but um and in fact this spoiler is could be very close to something the sort of argument that uh, Sabine Hossenfelder makes in some context. Uh it's like, "Oh, what are you saying that the the you know, that like a bunch of fundamental physical particles are muriological nihilists um but uh, I mean, a muriological
0: nihilist is someone who doesn't believe in composite arguments for people saying they are regarded in the chat <laughs> uh
1: yeah that's also you know yeah muriological yeah that's uh and then muriological nihilism better not be decomposable into more basic claims or else the muriological <laughs> nihilists believe it uh it'd be yeah j- um just to catch anybody up who isn't familiar with this terminology, right? Meriology is the uh, branch of metaphysics where we're interested in parts and holes. And, um, and muriological nihilism is the logically possible, just barely position that, um, that, um, that there, there are no composite holes, that there are no cases where parts come together to make, to make larger holes. Um, and then the opposite of that, which actually does have, plenty of defenders because philosophers sometimes think strange things as we discussed earlier, Cicero and all that uh, is muriological universalism, which says that uh, all parts come together to make holes. It's just that we're only interested in some of them. So like there is a, you know, there is like an object that is constituted, uh, especially because most muriological uh, universalists are all also four dimensionalists about time. So there is an object that's constituted by this coffee cup, and Julius Caesar's left hand, uh, and uh, and the uh, you know the the right pinky toe of my future great great grandchild. Uh, I,
0: I was just gonna do objects which exist on like the left half and the right half of the stream, which are obviously yeah. separated by like twelve thousand kilometers or whatever.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, that there is like that there is this like Voltron entity of me and you uh, that exists. It's just you yeah, had the cat yeah it's just not it's just not it just does not doesn't have interesting properties because it's just uh it just consists of part of it doing Stefan things and part of it doing Ben things and part of it doing ash that's the name of the cat ash things um,
0: but the, the other the other answer is to say that exactly because it's not interesting and wouldn't be observed by anyone apart from a, a philosopher making a weird example uh, means that it isn't real
1: yeah. Right. So this is, this takes us back to the den and all that. So they have, so, um, so yeah, like, presumably, like, any remotely plausible answer is going to be somewhere in between those two, right? That there, there, there must be, you know, like, cause it, it seems to, um, like uh, quine has this classic essay from the 1940s called on what there is where he starts out by saying you know that uh the basic question of ontology is what is there and the answer is everything which in a sense is true right that's like if something doesn't exist it's there is no thing there to be part of everything but um but like also really it's like which composite you know Which parts come together to make holes, right? Like, it really seems like the right answer intuitively is some of them, right? Like, not, not none of them or all of them, right? Like, surely, surely some of them. Uh, so, so yeah, look, I, I think that, um, I think that to the extent that, uh, your, you know, to the extent that you're willing to grant that physics gives us a pretty good reason to uh, to think that electrons and protons and such exist, or at least that something very much like what we think those are must exist. Uh, like, there's a range of positions, but to the extent that you're closer to that range, I'm going to be more sympathetic uh, to to uh, to what you're saying, right? Uh, that's the that's the bias that that i have here uh but what i find interesting is you know but i also again this is another sense in which i would not want to be the inverse sabine hosfender right you know that, that i i'm not gonna like uh you know i'm i'm admitting my bias i'm not purporting to make an argument here right like uh really i mean except in a really rudimentary way in this discussion, right, like uh, that, um, I, you know, I think, you know, I think that there is like a vast literature on this and, and, uh, and you, you should probably, to the extent that you're going to very confidently sound off on it, right, you know, you probably should take some interest in figuring out what, you know, people in that literature say um and uh because Haasfender kind of aggressively doesn't take an interest in that um uh, then w- i think in practice she ends up having a couple of positions because in getting ready to write this essay um i did watch several for videos and uh, and one thing that i noticed and that other people in the in the uh, the Twitter discussion, you know, the great electron war noticed is that in other contexts, she really seems to believe that there are electrons like um, she, you know, this kind of uh, half-baked instrumentalism about philosophy of science. That's like, like well, if someone
0: argued that climate change isn't real because electrons aren't.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, she uh, she says, like, she, yeah, right. I mean, she, she does, like, you know, like, she doesn't seem to think that, like, it's a big mystery what's going on in the microphysical world. We should just be totally agnostic about that. All we can really say is that there must be something or other about that that, you know, that makes uh, – that structurally lines up enough, you know, with the posits of our theories to, you know, to make these theories predictively useful, which is the only virtue we should really care about, Right. Like, this is this sort of half-baked, what I was just calling her half-baked instrumentalism in the discussion with Goff. Like, in all sorts of other contexts, she definitely seems to think there are electrons. Uh, like, it, like I just watched her um, truly awful video, uh, I Don't Believe in Free Will, Here's Why, um, yesterday, you know, was one of the last things I did you know, before sitting down to write. And... Um, and and in that video, one of her arguments is like, uh, well, because uh, she does, you know, she is basically doing the determinism is true, therefore free will isn't real thing. Uh, somebody did tell her the word compatibilism, so she has like a minute of the video where where she's sort of trying to address it, but she doesn't quite seem to get what it means. Um, the like, and so one of her arguments for determinism is, well, look nobody would think that elect, like it would be ridiculous to say that electrons had free will, right? Therefore it's, uh, it's ridiculous to say that our brains, which are ultimately made of electrons and other such, you know, basic particles um, have, have free will because, you know, the deterministic, um, you know, the deterministic laws, um, it's going to be, you know, they're both, they're both going to be deterministic or they're both going to be indeterministic, which she, which she associates with having free will, And, um, and wouldn't it be silly to say that electrons had free will, by the way, agreed with that premise, uh, electrons do not have free will, uh, but, uh, wouldn't it be silly to say that electrons have free will, therefore human, you know, humans must not have free will either, right? Uh, that is an argument she makes in that video, um, and, and very similarly, In fact, in a previous run-in between uh, Haasfender and Goff, uh, like four years ago, uh, she wrote some kind of blog post, and uh, I I did check to make sure this this is definitely that Sabine Haasfender's blog, and you know it definitely is, right? You know she's still updating it with like links to her videos and stuff, uh, uh, where she uh, she makes a very similar argument against panpsychism, the uh, the view that I think the, I think the more careful way to put it uh, and, you know, and I, I have not read up that much about, you know, like I've, I've kind of been aware for the last few years that like, there's been a little bit of a comeback of panpsychism that, you know, philosophers on Twitter are always arguing about it, but um, to, uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, this is again, while I'm laying my biases on the table of you that I have, I have, I have a, uh, I have trouble um, like I have trouble getting past the fact that it seems obviously false, but uh, in any case um, the uh, but uh, I think the more careful way to put what panpsychists are probably trying to say is there's some sense in which consciousness is itself a fundamental feature of uh, all physical reality. um, And, this sort of uh, evocative and unsympathetic gloss on it is like, everything has a mind or everything thinks or something like that. Uh, and I, I do think the difference between those is going to matter and that, you know, and, and that the panpsychists aren't necessarily going to actually be saying the second thing, but Haasfender uh, definitely takes them to say in the second thing. And so uh, in her argument, like everything thinks that's not true. Electrons don't think. Uh, and, <laughs> everyone loves electrons yeah so um why, so we,
0: why isn't this article about the up quark or the strange quark
1: i don't know i don't know i say maybe maybe quarks uh maybe it's you know just a few maybe we just need a few more decades for quarks to filter down to the popular consciousness to the point where you know people are going to use them as examples as much as they use electrons uh but um The the, the
0: names of the quarks show why physicists should not be allowed to name anything. (laughs) They're called Up, Down, Top, Bottom, which is... That's that's bad by itself, that they're Up, Down, and Top, Bottom. That's a disaster. But then two of them are called Charm and Strange, but there's nothing strange about the one that's called Strange, compared to all the other ones, anyway.
1: So... Like, a good half of those are just physicists making dirty jokes, right?
0: <laughs> I don't think so. I've heard the reasons before, and they're like they're, – they're just – they're a bit silly.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Um,
0: Yeah. Um, Alternative names for the bottom and top quarks are beauty and truth.
1: No comment. Disaster. All right. Uh, yeah, that's uh. You want me to take this entities seriously? You're gonna to have to do better than that. Um you don't
0: just want to like induce a million mystics. You shouldn't call them things like beauty yeah, and is the truth.
1: My God, yeah. This is my strange particle. <laughs> All right. Uh, good lord. Yeah. So, so I think that um, on. It certainly seems to be the case, in fact, rather routinely, that Haasfender derives larger conclusions about the nature of reality from claims made by theoretical physics, right? In fact, this seems to be like a decently large part of her output. And so this is, on the face of it, very hard to reconcile with, uh, with her embrace in this discussion with Goff of... Instrumentalism about, um, you know, unobservable, you know, anti realism about unobservable entities. You know, we should be agnostic about whether there even really are electrons. Um, And my, you know, my best guess about this is that, um, you know, she genuinely doesn't know which of these positions she holds or quite realize the tension between them because she sort of brackets them out into different, you know, like uh, the, the cheesy joke I make in the, uh, in the sub stack is that she's Schrodinger's physicist. You know, she's in uh, she's in like a superposition state between believing one of these and believing the other one until the sort of flow of the argument, you know, brings out, you know, resolves it into one or the other position. And, and in it, fact,
0: it the the hornet's nest and ask her if gravity wells. Sorry, not gravity wells. Center, centers of gravity. Centers
1: of gravity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well I mean, you know.
0: gravity wells too, I guess, because that's kind of slightly further up on the on the mm-hmm. realness scale. Sure. Uh,
1: yeah. So Yeah, and I, I definitely get what you mean, but it's also like this there's, there's something that definitely chafes about the idea that there's a scale of realness. Uh, <laughs> Do you
0: know what the example Dennett gives uh, mm. uh, for the thing that isn't real as the companion yeah. to, to centers of gravity? It's it's the center of all of his socks. It's obviously like a, you can make like a mathematical expression of like the, the, the single center point around which like you could draw a sphere of all the yeah. socks as you can draw, draw a circle yeah. around kind of a, a center of gravity with a center point. Okay. But he thinks you shouldn't believe in that because it's not good for anything and no one else would observe it unless, you know, <laughs> unless he yeah, yeah. demanded that you, know, that you do so.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not entirely sure what I think about that. I mean, I, th- I think like there's no, there's no center of all your socks is probably a good move. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's interesting. Uh, so you know by the, game
0: of, the game of life, yeah. the, the, the thing with gliders and flyers and yeah, he, he uses that throughout the, the essay. That's a very identity yeah. example. Yeah. Yeah. It is. <laughs> he starts going into absolutely ridiculous examples. It's a good, it's a good essay. Nice. The real patterns essay.
1: Nice. Um, Yeah, so I guess the um uh by the end of of the discussion, again, I think without quite realizing it, um Haasfender has slipped into her other position, which is that electrons do exist. Very
0: Um, important for proving philosophers wrong.
1: Yeah, exactly right there are all kinds of things she wants to prove philosophers wrong about and she cannot resist the temptation to use electrons to do so the assumption that you know i mean like again makes sense right she wants to use what she knows as a theoretical physicist to prove philosophers wrong it's really hard to do that if you don't think that theoretical physics is true (laughs) uh so (laughs) that's you know so so yes she she constantly gives into this temptation and I think she doesn't quite realize how much it's in conflict with this sort of um, half-baked instrumentalism, but, and in fact, by the end of the essay, she's sort of, because she's in kind of dismissive Twitter reply mode, right? Where, you know, you're just like, oh, pfft, this person's just confused. I'm going to, I'm going to set you straight. And that's all I'm doing here. Um, she has sort of, by the end of the discussion, she's sort of reverted to, you um, She's kind of retroactively rewritten the issue that they were talking about in her head uh, to, well, okay, physics doesn't assume electrons. It demonstrates electrons. Right, which is very silly. Yes, it's, 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 uh, this is, this is the opposite of what she started out saying. I mean, this is, yeah, I mean,
0: um, it's so silly. I, I was, I wasn't, I didn't even want to say it to make fun of her. Like, I just wanted to, like, no, no, no. <laughs>
1: don't mention it. It's, it's, uh it's, it's silly. I mean, it's like, I've, I've, I don't know, many, many years ago, I had a friend I used to, uh, that, you know, me and our other friends used to, you know, constantly argue with, like, while well, we're all like out at the bar in uh, South Miami. And he, you know, because he was just fond of taking like, extreme, not very well thought out positions and being super <laughs> duper adamant about them. Right. And, uh, and, and just, and just never budging in the course of conversation and one thing i remember realizing that, that's boring
0: like it's much more interesting when someone takes a random radical positions but we will slowly budge
1: yeah I mean, I mean he sort of did right but but the way he did it is that like cause, like the sense in which he would never budge is he would never say okay i guess i was wrong right, right. Uh, but what he would do is just like he would, he would kind of be adamant and be adamant and be adamant. And then like three hours later, the thing he was being adamant about was actually like your position at the start of the argument. Right, right. <laughs> and like sometimes, you know, and sometimes if you pointed it out to him, he would actually realize that he, uh, that he'd switched his view. Right. But it was such a slow process of, you know uh, that, well, what I'm saying is that, you know, that he kind of didn't realize until he got there. And I think something similar is going on here. Cause of course what she's affirming uh, she seems to be affirming at the end of the discussion is exactly what she was denying at the beginning of the discussion. She, she was very explicit. She said um, that uh, that, you know, anything that's not observable, right, you know, be it gods or alternate universes, uh, that uh, that that's uh, that, you know, that we can't conclude the existence of any of that stuff on on the basis of physical, you know, of like considerations about the observable world, like, you know, cosmic fine tuning um uh, and you know she did definitely seem to be embracing electrons uh going on that uh going on that list so it's like well come on uh you're you know you're just ending the position you know you're just ending the conversation taking golf's uh position and um again i i I find the whole thing, I mean, obviously your mileage may vary. I find the whole interaction fascinating, like, uh, cause, uh, it's, I, I mean, even just the stuff. like
0: It it is, it is interesting in that it's like a million other arguments on Twitter, but uh, all the people involved are like massively
1: accredited,
0: like very famous, et cetera.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Right. It's like, uh, I mean, on one level, it's just as ridiculous as, sure, a million arguments going on between Randos and Twitter. But like, on the other hand, uh, this is uh, this is going on between this uh, extremely famous theoretical physicist and uh, and uh, and somebody who, um, you know, I mean, his own sort of extremely strange positions in some subjects we haven't even really gotten into in this discussion because they're largely off topic. But you know, as as odd as some of his positions are, right? I, I think from everything I've seen, a very good philosopher, uh, Philip Goff, uh, and and certainly as you say, a massively accredited sort of uh, sort of philosopher. And so, sort of, are, you,
0: are you doing um, Goff's neo-British Hegelianism next week? <laughs>
1: uh, no, I am. Uh, I'm not doing. I'm not doing that, right? So yeah, this is the. This is in the essay. I kind of say. Like, because remember, he has this objection to the multiverse solution to time fine tuning, which I actually find like, I think it's a plausible objection, but he also disagrees with me that, you know, in thinking that like fine tuning isn't like a real problem. And uh, so he agrees with the theist that it is, but he sort of tries to solve it, I take it, uh, by trying to chart some sort of middle course between standard atheism and standard theism, where the universe in some sense is like, uh intrinsically imbued with with uh purpose uh and and um and but like it's not imbued with that purpose by some being external to it so i sort of say like this is the sort of view that would be much more common to see philosophers arguing for like you know i don't know uh around like the end of the 19th and beginning of the 20th centuries right you know the era of like Like Henri Bergson or uh, the, uh, you know, British neo-Hegelians, you know, Bradley, people like that, right? um, And it's sort of uh, startling and interesting to see somebody with Goff's prominence and Goff's sort of uh, training in analytic philosophy and, and the sort of virtues of his writing. Like he really is very clear and very rigorous and, you know, everything I've, I mean, I haven't read that much, but in everything that I've read, you know, he definitely has those virtues uh, it's very strange and startling to see him apparently arguing for this. Uh, it's uh, he doesn't draw that out in that essay. Uh, he does apparently in his new book, which I haven't read. He's uh, I have read like one interview by him about the book, which is why I'm sort of able to even say as much as I just did. Uh, but um, but no, I'm not going to read all that in uh, in the next week. Uh, at some point, I'll probably read it and you know probably write about it. But I, mean, uh, I
0: think it does show that you know for most people having like a genuinely atheistic metaphysics is just very hard and people will engage in all stru- sorts of strange maneuvers to avoid it. Yeah.
1: Um, that's yeah. Somebody in chat is objecting to my describing Sabine haas as a famous theoretical physicist because uh, they, they argue that her, you know, essentially that her fame doesn't really come from, uh, from from that, I'm not, you know, I don't, uh, I can't really speak to that. All I, you know, I mean, she is a physicist and she's very famous. Those two things are true. Uh, they have a, what their relationship is, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not well positioned to uh, to diagnose, but. Um, I mean, she's a better
0: physicist than us.
1: Yes. She is clearly a much better physicist than anybody on this screen. Um, uh, and. Uh, a
0: much better physicist than Goff, presumably.
1: Yes, presumably a much better physicist than Goff, and uh, and I also and I also think, um, uh, yeah, somebody was saying in the chat they were list, they were listing at 1.5 speed, and uh, they meaning us were talking about how skeptical they are of subatomic particles. Slow down, maybe, and pay more attention uh that's that's kind of the opposite of what happened in that conversation but uh in any case um that's um but but yeah look i mean she is a physicist uh and uh so yes she knows more about physicists than you or i or goff or you know presumably the overwhelming majority of people watching uh like clearly that much at least is true it's also true, and I will say, I mean, you know, having watched a smattering of her videos at this point, I actually do think she is really good at sort of breaking down concepts from theoretical physics and uh, explaining them to laymen. Obviously, that's my judgment as a layman, but like, you know, uh, but, you know, from what I could tell, I mean, she definitely does have that skill, and, and I even think that to the extent that that's kind of what she sticks to doing, I, I even think that's a useful service. That's good. You should do that. Um, I... As with many other celebrity scientists, I do kind of wish that she would either decide that she is interested enough in philosophy to read some of this literature and figure out what some of the positions and arguments and counterarguments are or just decide that she's not interested in it and stop talking about it. You know, I, I think those would be the two the two sort of useful things for her to do. Um, I'm not holding my breath for her to do either one of them. So I expect that we'll continue to talk about her in the future. <laughs> but uh, in, uh, in any case, uh, for uh, for next week, I uh, was actually going to uh, write about some stuff that came up in a book that I have read, because I interviewed the author about it. We had to uh, do a pre-record because of the Los Angeles to uh, Ljubljana uh, time difference, and we're going to play on Monday's show. Uh, Freedom, a uh, disease without cure uh by um you know my uh my favorite slovenian person so uh this is um uh so uh so yeah that's that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be coming up next week and then uh yeah i'm gonna try to take a break uh from youtubery in general uh for a few weeks over the holidays uh, oh, yeah, uh it's Christmas. <laughs> what's that? Oh yeah. It's Christmas. I forgot. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so, um, when you, then, when you uh, said that, I
0: was like, but, but wait, it's like August what, what holidays.
1: <laughs> now it's December. Uh, so, uh, so in any case, um, that's, uh, so coming up next week, watch the interview, uh, tomorrow, uh, we, uh, we actually do, um, you know, There's a lot of ground cover, but we actually do get into a little bit of a friendly debate about some of the uh, free will and physics stuff that comes up here. But um, uh, but in any case, coming up next week. ZZEC stuff.
0: So I will get to see the number go very high, which makes me happy.
1: <laughs> Bye, That's everyone. Good. Bye.